Hello, and welcome to the BPL Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Laser, and I'm here today with a very special guest, Brad Rocco of Bexley Pizza Plus. Brad, thank you for being here. Uh, you're very welcome, Jeff. I'm happy to be here. So Brad Rocco is from Bexley, Ohio, where he lives with his wife, Linda, and his daughter, Elizabeth. He owns Bexley Pizza Plus and has been working in the pizza industry for over 35 years. Over the past 15 years, Rocco has won many awards in local, national, and international competitions. In 2014, he became world champion by winning the International Pizza Challenge in Las Vegas. In 2015, he won Best Traditional Pizza at the North American Pizza and Ice Cream Show held in Columbus, Ohio. Today, although retired from the competitive pizza circuit, he runs his pizzeria and judges in local pizza competitions. So Brad, can you give us an overview of the history of Bexley Pizza Plus and your involvement in its development? Yeah, sure, Jeff. Um, Bexley Pizza Plus was started in 1980. Uh, so uh, in November of 2020, we were going to celebrate our 40-year anniversary. Of course, we did have a 40-year anniversary. We, unfortunately, because of COVID, weren't able to celebrate it like we wanted to. Um, sure. But it's a bit. It's but it's it's just a huge, you know, accomplishment. Obviously, to be in business for 40 years and anything. Um, and so it's something we're extremely proud of. And uh, in 1980, it was started by my current partner, Don Schmidt, and his uh, ex-wife at the time, uh, Catherine Derringer. Um, and uh, they opened up in an old Paul's Bagel shop, which was located on East Main Street, kind of where the CVS parking lot is right now. And that's a whole nother story. But uh, it was just a small little building. Uh, they it was 900 square feet, and it was opened up as a pickup and del- delivery only. And they started out with a very small staff of people. And in 1982, they hired me uh, as, a, as one of their delivery drivers. And I think we had a total staff of six people at the time. And it was just a very small operation, but a very, you know, very much about a, a mom and pop of a shop as you can get. And, uh, and I was at the time, I was, at, I was in college, and I was studying to get my degree. So I was looking, I lived locally and I, I grew up in Bexley, but I, I, at that time I had moved back to Bexley. So I was looking for a job in Bexley and, and that, that filled the, um, the void that I needed. And, and I started working for him and working my way to finish my degree. Um, and, uh, just kind of just evolved, uh, from that point, we, uh, in, in 1992, uh, after I had managed the place for a few years, uh, Catherine wanted to get out of the business. So, um, and I had already received my degree, but I hadn't really gone into my field yet. But I still worked at the shop, and I had the opportunity to buy her out. And the rest is history. So, you know, from 1992 and on, and uh, till till now, uh, I've owned it. And my partner currently is Don Schmidt. Um, in 19 19- let me see, what was it? Oh, in 1998, uh, Don and I got together with another partner, and we opened up Gehanna Pizza Plus in Gehanna, and which is still open today. Uh, I've, I've since sold my ownership in that shop, but that is an up-and-going shop, and that's called Gehanna Pizza Plus in, in, uh, in Gehanna. And um, the pizza shop evolved. Uh, in 2006, CVS wanted to do a big renovation project, that really involved them taking over and relocating us basically. 
And that was a you know, a few year process, and and what it came down to was is a, a property became available for us to move into. Uh, back then, it was I believe Moe's Barbecue or something of, of that sort, and it was you know right next to Rubino's, um, right there on the corner of Roosevelt and East Main Street. And we went through the process of uh, relocating our pizza shop, which we did in in two thousand six, and. We've been there ever since. Uh, when we relocated, we were able to uh, expand our concept. Uh, add a, we got a liquor license, so we had beer and wine available. We had a dining room, which we didn't have before, and so we, you know, it was nice for us. And, and we expanded our business. We expanded our menu, and uh, we just really kind of that's where we are today. The thing with uh, with CVS was a long, laborious process, but we made it through it. And anybody who's been through anything like that has ever located a business of any kind, and it's just one of the toughest things you can do as a business. I mean, we still have people that show up today. Going back to where we used to be located, there's not even a building there anymore, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Or in some weird, obscure website, our old address is still listed, not our new address, you know? Just just strange little things like that, but... Uh, but yeah, that's about it for that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's such a great success story. You know, you're a real staple of of Bexley now, and you have been for years and years, and you've expanded. Um, and even if you, you know, have maybe come across some challenges like the re- relocation, like you've mentioned, you know, it seems like you've been able to weather it. So it's just great to see. What, what, so what made you decide to go into the restaurant business? Well, I mean, really, you know, it, it's like a lot of things when people you know, fall into their profession. Sometimes their profession chooses them. They don't choose it, it, you know, and I think I could be described as that way. It just was for me. And it originally was just a way for me to, to get my business management degree. I think at that time when I was a kid, I grew up in the restaurant business all around me. And, and eventually uh, when I got married, my wife was in the restaurant business and still, still is today up until COVID. Uh, and, uh, it's just something that's always been in my lifeblood, I suppose. My my grand my grandfather owned a, a, a diner. My father grew up in that diner and worked in a diner. It was his first job. So I I, I think that I I kind of always felt that it that was part of me, and I knew that once I got there, I knew it was for me. You know, even though I had a college degree in my hand and maybe yeah, lots of other opportunities, I I I said this just seems too right, and that's why. I, I did what I did and that's where I am today. Yeah. I, I can certainly relate to the whole, your profession choosing you element because I, I didn't plan to become a librarian. Um, yeah. I started working at, at the Bexley public library just, um, you know, cause it seemed like a great place to work and then it was, and here I am, <laughs> you know, some years later and yeah. I sometimes, loved it. sometimes it takes years in retrospect and hindsight and to, to kind of see, exactly where you are not everybody ever gets to do the things that they really like to do unfortunately they don't like their job but you know today when i wake up in the morning i look still look forward to going to work uh i look forward for the challenges that that lie ahead of me i don't ever feel worn out i don't feel like doing anything else you know so i i I assume that i made the right decision you know and and i think anybody in in their professional working career that's what they look for is they they want to look forward to working you know Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's great to hear, you know, being a veteran of the industry and still having that sort of passion for it. Sure. So, so let's talk a little bit about this competitive pizza circuit. 
you you became a world champion at the International Pizza Challenge in Las Vegas in 2014, and you've also you know had a number of other um, awards over the years. So can you talk about what that experience is like? No, sure. We, I mean, it, I think it really started out um, what used to be called the Columbus Pizza Challenge, and this was back in uh, the late 80s, going into the early 90s. Uh, there was uh, there was a thing called the Columbus Pizza Challenge here in town. It since evolved into, I think, a thing called the Slice of Columbus now. It's a charitable, large competition where you know, all the money is raised for Children's Hospital. And we started to get involved with that every year. And that was just a massive event. It started out at Victories and then moved to a couple other venues as it grew and got bigger. And uh, we, we did really well in the competition. We won it multiple times. And, and it was just really good. It was, it, was, it was a great cause. It was to raise money. And, and it really, that kept us involved in it. And uh, the opportunity came uh, during the North American Pizza and Ice Cream Show, which is held here in Columbus uh, every year. They started to hold a competition and this started back in maybe 2002 or 2003. Um, and in 2003, we decided to enter that competition. And uh, the the prize for winning that competition was uh, winning a trip to Salsa Maggiore, Italy, uh, and competing in the World Pizza uh, championship with the U.S. pizza team, and yes, there really is a U.S. pizza team. And I, you know, I mean, it's awesome. I didn't know that. That's that's oh, great yeah, to know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they have a, a a culinary sector of it, and another sector of it that is uh, like acrobatic, where you know they spin the pizzas around, and it's a whole different ball game there. And, and when you go to Italy, that's really really big. I mean, national media covers it. I mean, if Miss Italy gives out the, the the winner of the competition, you know, their trophy and gives them a kiss. It's it's like this is something that's really big. It's kind of like their Super Bowl. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. But, you know, uh, we didn't, you don't realize it till you actually get there and, and you see, like, just you, know, you turn on TV and print media and everything, and it's about this pizza competition. So it's a really big thing. And uh, we, we went there. It was just an experience of a lifetime. Um, my, my, my partner, Jack, from Gehanna Pizza Plus, had was the one. Like, we would each uh, enter our own pizzas in the competition. And Jack's Pizza advanced. And uh, he and I went together uh, with, her, with my wife and, uh, and the rest of the U.S. pizza team. And we traveled around Italy. And we competed in the competition there. We did really, really well. We, we, we were the highest or the second highest placing American competitor in the whole competition. But American never wins the competition. And only Italians win the competition. Oh, I they, see, I they, see. It's kind of there you know, to represent. And uh, sure. we, we did well for us, and we got a lot of publicity for it. Uh, the Food Network at the time, they did a, a show, and they followed us to Italy, and they you know basically – wherever we went, where we were going grocery shopping to buy ingredients for our pizza or we were traveling around town or going out on little excursions. I mean, they were there with their booms and their cameras and they were following us everywhere. And then uh, they aired a, a special on the Food Network after we had gotten back, you know, maybe a month later. And my God, that, that was just, that brought us like recognition. Like we just had no idea what that would do and the food network isn't what it is today it was just getting started but it still was like a big thing um and it brought it brought us just a lot of 
recognition um, in a lot of business. I mean, people would would come from another state to eat a pizza. <laughs> you know, so I was just thought that was crazy, uh, but that's what it did, and it made us uh, very busy. And, and I'm not complaining about it, but it just was unexpected, or maybe I just wasn't aware of what it could do. Um, but for, for you know, really, basically, that really cut, since since we knew we did well and we got the recognition, um, the opportunity started to come to compete in Las Vegas, uh, which probably is the second biggest uh, competitive pizza comp- competition compared to the World Pizza Championship in Italy, and that it's called the International Pizza Challenge, and that's held in uh, Las Vegas every year. Um, as part of the pizza convention, the, the International Pizza Convention. Um, and uh, we started competing in that in 2010 or 2011. And we always did really well. We won our division and we advanced, but we never really made it to the upper tier of that um, until 2014. And I was able to advance uh, a pizza uh, in, the, in the traditional category and became a world champion um, and won won the competition. It was great. I think it, you know, at the time it was like eight thousand dollars plus, you know, lots of other perks and stuff like that, and products and so forth. And it was just a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a big thing. And again, we got a lot of recognition for it. The year after that, I I won the uh, the uh, Napix competition, which is another big competition here in Columbus. And we just kept on winning competitions and doing well. And, um, and, and it just kept me competing uh, all the way up until the year of COVID. You know, we, uh, we, we actually had plans to compete in multiple pizza competitions, uh, an Italian sandwich competition. And then, I mean, literally, we had our Airbnb rented with a commercial kitchen and we had all of our products ready to go. We knew what we were going to compete with. And then COVID hit and just wiped everything out, just like everything else, you know. So if, if they're canceling the Olympics, you know they're not going to be having any pizza competitions, and, sure, and sure. Uh, you know. So th- that was about it for for us. I mean, I think that pretty much put an end to it. To it, I think that they're they're still going to hopefully pick that competition back up where it left off. Um, you know, I'm going to hopefully be involved in it in some way. I think my maybe my competitive days are behind me. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how that that pans out. You know, yeah, I might not be able to stay away from it for that long. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's so great to hear, it, especially because you know, as you're talking about these major championships and whatnot, you know, you had been in the business for years and years already at that point. You've already built your business up, and then now you're experiencing all this recognition because you're, you know, winning these accolades and you're getting on the Food Network, and so yeah. it's just it's a great success story, you know. It, you know, as as recognition built built up, and and it, we, it it became a sense of pride for obviously us in the pizza shop, and then it kind of really became something I thought Bexley was in itself was kind of proud of, you know, because you know honestly with with our next door neighbor Rubinos and, and us, we had two pretty much established, you know, one legendary pizza shop in Rubinos and one that is you know, was becoming one and uh, we're right next door to each other. So <laughs> I thought it was kind of a cool thing and, and uh, the city embraced it. And, and we, we're, you know, one of the things that we, you know, we strive to do through the years is we tried to be involved with the community in just about every way we could. Um, 
I, you know, I sat on the board of uh, the Bexley Chamber of Commerce, and I was the was the original chairperson for the Taste of Bexley, and uh, helped create that event, which is Bexley Chamber's you know number one fundraising event today. And uh, we just really wanted to endear ourselves to the community. We uh, started, we got involved with the Bexley Boosters at the at the uh, schools, and our pizza is served through all the sporting events. We're just involved in every way we can through fundraising, through stuff with you at the Bexley Library, and you know the, all the elementary schools, Capital University. There's so many opportunities here to be involved within the community, and we 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 really dug ourselves pretty deep into that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's great to hear. And I mean, you're right. You mentioned Bexley Pizza Plus and Rubino's. We've really got it pretty great here in Bexley. And when it comes to high quality pizza, I think people, you know, some people don't realize it, but yeah, it's, it's kind of cool because you can see a car pull up into the parking lot, either our parking lot or their parking lot, which is hard to do on any Friday night. It's hard to pull Mm -hmm. either one of our parking lots and you'll see Half the car will go one way and half the car will go the other way. And, you know, we know we share the same customers. We're very cordial and friendly towards each other. Uh, we've helped each other out, out on multiple occasions and things that we've done in the course of business. So, you know, I wasn't expecting that uh, when I first moved down there. And I don't know if they were either, um, but that's kind of how it evolved. And, and I'm happy the way it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you mentioned a bit in a couple of your your answer is about, you know, how the COVID-19 pandemic has changed things. But can you talk about, you know, what it's been like, you know, as a, as a business owner, especially with such an established business, you know, what that's been like over the past almost year now? Jeff, I I just don't even know where to begin with that one because we're still in the middle of it, you know. And, sure. And, uh, yeah. It's evolving. It's changing every day. Tomorrow could be something completely different. Um, we, we're, we, we survived. I think we were established enough you know, thank God, knock on wood, that will come out on the other side. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of, of restaurants won't. Um, you know, I'm not going to mention names, but, you know, my wife worked at a restaurant. We're hoping comes back. Um, she was more in the fine dining segment of the of, of the restaurant population, which I think really took the brunt of, of, of the damage from COVID. And, you know, the pizza segment where, you know, it's, it's kind of probably – got got affected i'm not going to say got affected everybody got affected but i mean was able to withstand this and adapt to the takeout delivery type of concept because that's what pizza really in america has always been it's been takeout and delivery and uh, so when this happened and heck that's what we did for the first 25 years of our existence we just kind of went back to what we were doing and today my, my dining room is still closed so yeah, that's twenty five percent of my business. Um, I don't have, I can't sell beer or wine anymore. At least that's on temporary hold. And it's just, it's tough. You know, we lost all the school business because there's no, there's no sporting events. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's just not been easy. And, uh, and I think any, as any business, the ones that you will see that have come out on the other side of this, and I hope, I hope they do. Um, it's, it's the ones that were able to adapt. And really go back to their roots. Um, a lot of people have put plans on hold, put expansion plans on hold, put plans on menu expansion and everything. People just kind of just looks like they're treading water, honestly. You know, there's very few, you know, industries that has got affected as bad as the restaurant industry. And, of course, the entertainment industry and 
other places have been devastated. Anything that involves people being somewhere got affected in some way. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's just devastating. Uh, we, we've had to, um, we've, we've had a couple of bouts where employees have, have gotten sick with COVID. Um, we had to shut down and gone through the, you know, uh, getting everybody tested and contact tracing and sterilization and we built protective barriers. Uh, you know, when the COVID first hit, uh, I was demanding my employees wear masks before the CDC was even asking people to wear a mask. I was making my employees wear masks, and I lost a number of employees that just refused to, to wear masks. You know? <laughs> I'm like, uh, like, sorry. Well, you know, you know, I, I felt I, I guess I just I took it seriously. I, I really you know, wanted to be as safe as I could. Um, but we, you know, we've, we've made it through it. We've done everything we can. Uh, we, we, we strive that our employees stay safe as they can. Um, we encourage them not to gather after work. Even if you've ever been in the restaurant industry or, you know, it's kind of just so natural at the end of a day and the end of a work shift, everybody kind of gets together at somebody's house and, you know, has a couple beers and just chills out, you know, kind of unwinds from work. And that's not, you can't do that. You just can't do that today. You you have to like exist in your own little personal pod and, and just kind of wait till everybody gets vaccinated. And hopefully this will be behind us and this will be in our review mirror if you and I talk next year at this time. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how, we'll see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Hopefully, you know, we'll have better days ahead. And I think so. And yeah, I mean, it's good to hear, you know, that, you know, you were taken so seriously as a business owner and, um, and, you know, I feel very lucky Bexley public library is also taking it very seriously. And we've also had to adapt and, you know, introduce curbside service and delivery. So, so yeah, just, we're all, you know, just trying to, you know, do things as well and as safely as we can just kind of biding our time. I mean, when you become such a, a part of the community, like the Bexley library is and to a smart extent, like we are, it's, it's the community miss, like we miss the interaction with the community and, and the people that we see. And I'm sure you do too. You mm-hmm. know, people would come to faces that you saw every day and everybody got to, you know, you, you miss them like you hadn't seen them. And, uh, and so when this is gone, I'll, you know, nobody's going to be happier than me. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you yeah. very strongly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, to, to wrap things up here, uh, a little bit of a lighter note. So, sure. um, you know, as a veteran of the industry, I, I was just wondering, do you have any advice for someone who's looking to break into the restaurant industry or, or own a business? Um, yeah. My pre-COVID advice and post-COVID advice is two different things. Uh, Pre-COVID, I would have said, take your chances, be an entrepreneur, you know, go for it, shoot for the moon. Um, I think if you look at the restaurant industry and and if you're looking specifically about what do you do, you know, post-COVID, is you got to do it. You got to do it more cautiously. Um, I think that that the economy is in such a bad shape now. Um, you know, borrowing money and, um, you know, just coming out of COVID. Uh, my advice right now is to, is to stand pat and, and, and not go into business yet. You know, kind of let this play out, let this, let this go through. And, and then I think it, the, the industry will rebound. People's always going to want to have a place to go eat. But you just got it. But people have been out of work for a long time. Spending is not where it is, you know, um, and so I think that, you know, as you go forward out of COVID, uh, 
you, you just got to kind of make sure that if you ever do get into the restaurant business, it, um, and maybe you could say this with any industry that you would do, work in the business first. I, I see so many people that get into the restaurant business that have never been in the restaurant business. And those are always nine times out of 10, the ones who fail because they just have no idea. They do, you know, so that's my first advice is get a job in the business, work in the business, learn the ups and downs of the business. And, and, uh, you know, once you learn the business and feel that you know the business, then find a niche, find something you do right, find something that you think you can do good. Then you start going through, uh, the process of, of financing, you know, (laughs) And, and, uh, and when it comes down to it, uh, the, the pizza industry, specifically, if you're going to get the pizza business, there's probably not a more competitive segment of the restaurant business than, than the pizza business. Just Although they don't make phone books anymore, I don't think, but you used to open up a phone book and the pizza section was like one-third of the phone book, you know, <laughs> I mean, because there's so many pizza shops. Um, so be prepared for competition. Um, price your product according to your competition. And I think uh, I think the the most important thing that that I thought that I would advise anybody that gets in the restaurant business is pay yourself last. And that's the other thing I see: the people that fail in this business, they pay themselves first, and then they pay their bills and the other people. And that isn't going to work like that. If there's money left over, it's called your paycheck. If there's not, no paycheck. Sorry, <laughs> you didn't get a paycheck that week, and, and I hope you have, you know, you planned for that. And uh, but that's that's probably the most the best advice I could give anybody: pay yourself last. Yeah, no, that sounds like some excellent advice. Well, Brad, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Really great talking with you. It's been a pleasure talking to you too, Jeff. Um, you know, good luck with everything at the, at the library as well. Thank you. Yeah, and good luck with Bexley Pizza Plus. Yeah, you bet. 